It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Quest Protein Bars 60 grams, any two, for just $7. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Tuesday the 12th of October, it's just after 6 o'clock here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz is over in the UAE, his Calcutta Knight Riders at the moment are playing against the Royal Challenge Bangalore's side. Uh, Virat Kohli, uh, Maxwell, all the big stars are playing, but Baz's team is going really, really well at the moment. They need 29 off 36, 29 off 36, Nareen's in, Nareen's in, 22 off 8, he's banging it all over the park, so Bears' team's looking very, very good at the moment to hopefully face Flem's side in the final, the Chennai Super Kings, they've been to about 8 finals, they're a quality side, so Bears is tracking along pretty nicely over there, they were up against it when he headed over and Last place, and now they've worked their way into potentially going to the final. They've just lost the wicket, 110 for four. So they need 29 or 35. There you go, UAE, Bears, Calcutta Knight Riders. Hopefully they can get up. Anyway, we've got a good show for you this morning. Uh, coming up after Bob Aram was quoted as saying, I have never seen a heavyweight as magnificent as this. Big statement from someone that has seen it all. We spoke to Taylor Barry last week, previewing the fight. He was right there in the corner, in the action, and he joins us just after 7 o'clock this morning. Taylor Barry, he's had a few days uh, partying with the Gypsy King. If you've seen anything on social media, him and Joe Parker are right there amongst it. So good, good to be able to chat to Taylor Barry. Looking forward to that chat with him. Uh, last night, the Aotearoa men's netball side pushed the Silver Ferns right to the end. Just going down by one goal. Uh, huge, huge improvement from the men's side. And, and Cruz Tangera, who is currently locked in Auckland, and he's been commentating for Sky Sport throughout those matches. He will join us and review last night's game and preview tonight's game. It's a huge improvement from the men's side. They really pushed the girls right to the end. So looking forward to chatting to Cruz, who couldn't get an exemption 
to get out and join the Aotearoa men's side. So there you go. That's about 7.40ish. And then, well, it was a history-making afternoon on Saturday. As a young Waikato venture side ventured south to take on four-time champions Canterbury Farris Palmer Cup side. Waikato finally getting that elusive premiership that has eluded them many times. James Simple. James Simple. He joined us a couple of weeks ago. He is the head coach, and we're going to chat to him about that history-making moment and uh, the game itself. He's um, been celebrating with the girls as well. So it's a morning of slowness this morning as we're getting post-match celebrations gets on the Bears and Izzy for breakfast. That's just what we do. That's just what we do. And then later on the show, Kiwi horse trainer Richard Litt will chat to us about the horse Profondo, who after its third start won a Group 1. Third start, won a Group 1 at Ramwick over the weekend. 2,000 metre race, paid $2.70. Did anyone get on that? Louis would have got on that, definitely. He would have definitely got on Profondo. Louis, good morning. Trudy, Karen, Joe, how are we, team? Yeah, good, Great, Izzy. Uh, Profondo, I, I've backed Profondo, and I've been very happy with Profondo. $1.9 million yearling. So, like, mm. if you can't... Well, that's what I want to ask Richard Litt. Just the pressure when you have a horse, and that is a lot, by the way. That's a lot for a horse, yep. especially a horse that's never raced, which is a year old. That's a lot. Does the pressure come when you trip, when you have a horse that's worth that much? Is it hard to make it win? Because I know that there was scrutiny, there was eyeballs, there was pressure. So we can't wait. To, I can't mm. wait to talk to Richard Litt about that because um, look, he had a front row seat to it all. But we're good, so- is he? We're good. 1.9 million, 1.9 million. So what was its um, breeding? What was its sire? What was its dam? Deep Impact, I think, is its sire, the Japanese super sire, and it's a very well-bred, very well-bred. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll do a little bit of digging on the dam and how many races she won and what sort of races, yeah. but I assume she's from very royal pedigree because that is a lot. But he was a perfect-looking colt, and that's the thing. He is still a colt. So now he's a Group 1 colt, so he can go on to be mm. a stallion. If they follow his, if they kind of manage his career beautifully, the with his breeding and then now with the Group 1 win already behind him, he could be worth a lot of money one day. So a good return for $1.9 million. Can you put that into perspective? Like, you know, like third start, third start. So he's obviously seen the goods. He's seen it's a good horse. There's a lot of risk when you put it into a race like that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Only it's third start. Oh, yeah. And the thing, the, the cult, he's very green. He does a lot wrong. Mm. And he well, he had in his first two starts, he kind of gawks around when he gets to the, the straight. He's got all the talent in the world. He's this big beast. You know, he's, they've picked, I mean, you, when you the thing you never know when you buy a horse that's, you know, genetically and, um, well, with the lineage of a star, you never know what's in its heart. You never know whether it wants to run. Mm. So there's always a huge gamble because otherwise you'd just go and you'd pay whatever for these colts that look like this and, you know, it would mm. be easy. But you never really know. And I want to ask Richard Litt about how he knew that this colt could actually gallop and wanted to be a racehorse because that's half the battle. Do they want to be a racehorse? And... Um, yeah, a lot of pressure, a lot of risk involved with with sending it to a two thousand meter group one. That's quite that's quite mm. rare in its third start. Usually they start and they build them up over time. But yeah, he's obviously seen this horse as a bit of a freak, and let's pull the trigger. And, and now it goes out for a little bit of a spell, and that's its spring done. Well, group one secured, job done. Let's come back in the autumn and win another one. Nice, mate. Nice. Looking forward to chatting to Richard Little about that horse and. 
like we do on every show, we might get a tip because we can't tip anything, but that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. We'll we'll just bring tips to you. Bring tips to you, hey, hey Louie? Well, I mean, saying that, Crystal Bound, old uh, Jackie Bruce let us down, but I'm Thunderstruck, you know, if you just, yeah. that was the best yeah. of the weekend. We declared it the best of the weekend, and it was. So it was. we're not going We're not going too bad. What about Baz? 112 for four. Dinesh Karthik is in, and he's just picked the gap beautifully. So what do they need? I think they're well ahead of their run rate. Um I think they're just going to cruise home here, is he? I don't want to put the mockers on, but I think they're going to go all right. Yeah, the, you're right. You're right. They're, they're, they're cruising. They've got six wickets in hand, uh, 112 for four. They chase. They need 27 off 30 balls, so, uh, you know, the the, the the overs won't be an issue. Don't just, we want the cold cutter night riders to lose so that Baz comes home, though? Unless, I'm sure, the kids. Come on. Uh, no, uh, well, he's there. He's we one do? game away. He's one game away. <laughs> if, if I wanted that and he was going horrible at the start, yeah, get him home. But <laughs> he's there now. You might as well go one more game sure and get enough. the job yeah. done, you know. And I'm right. then I'm like, do we, do we want him to win? And then he gets another contract and goes back. You exactly. know, yes, so that's a tough one. I reckon, <laughs> that's very true. There's a lot of a lot of emotional moral questions here. But the, I reckon yeah. there's probably a nice little rupee slash USD bonus for going well Touching, yeah. going well into this tournament. And you gotta remember, what were they were they second last on the table going over or they were, were yeah, second last, mate. And underdog. That makes Baz more of a hero if you can turn it around, eh? Yeah. yeah. That's it, that's what I mean. Like his coaching credentials will just go through the roof. People will want him after this and hopefully there might be a, I don't know if um Gary Stead and, and the Black Caps, they go into that two separate coaches, the T20 and the test side ODI kind of set up. I think him or Flem, like someone like that coaching in New Zealand would be a huge get for, for the younger cricketers around New Zealand. But his credentials will go through the roof. If he gets this win, which he's pretty much close to getting, we'll probably won't see Baz on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast show ever again. <laughs> It's the Izzy show. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon we um? There's a, there's a question. Do we re, do we rebrand the show? Or do we just use his write his use image his and, li- and likeness just totally. to keep, keep our listenership high? Well, we might have to rebrand it. We don't even know when he's coming home, mate. So, oh. the amount of people oh. that I reckon come on the show, and then I might ask a question, and I reckon they just assume I'm Baz. Yeah, <laughs> Gee, Baz has changed. He's got younger, sounding younger. Jeez, Baz doesn't sound like he knows much about high-level sport anymore. I don't know what's happened to him. He's yeah. fallen off his bike in the weekend. If you had to choose no. a name in no, front of yours, well. who would you choose? Like anyone in the world, like LeBron and Izzy, or you know, someone like. Do they actually you, get to be here? Yeah, they actually get LeBron to be. LeBron and Izzy, but like you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, in the same category as LeBron. Choose one. Oh, good. If you could choose anyone in the world, in the global sporting world, to replace, say, Baz. Greg Olson. Who? <laughs> is his favourite NFL Greg player? Olsen. Greg Olsen. Yeah, Greg and boy. Yeah, there's no ring to that. Greg, Greg and Iz. Um, uh, ooh, good question. Pick up to, who's your favourite sporting star? Oh, Cristiano. Yeah. Cristiano and Izzy. Cristiano I love it. And, yeah, CR Cristiano and Izzy. And Izzy. <laughs> big, big, in, uh, big in Portugal. Um, I wonder if our old mate at the, the chemist warehouse, I wonder if old DC, he's just down the road. He could get up nice and early, roll in. You Dan guys. and Izzy. DC and Izzy. Dizzy. D- yeah. DC, yeah. Dizzy. Dizzy <laughs> Rascal. Dizzy, Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> Raps all morning. Cool. Dizzy and Izzy. That'd oh. be good. Um, nah, look, oh, no, look, he's coming no. back. We're a, Louis, we're a Louis and Izzy, mate. You're going well, actually, Louis. You're going good, mate. You're going oh, good. Thanks, you hold mate. the fort down well. You're 
100%. Everyone's doing really well. It's a time for everyone to just have a pat on the back. Pat yourselves on the back, everyone. Oh. Pat yourselves on the back. How do you think we're going at home? <laughs> Give us a text on double eight double three. Let us know. Fans? Deflate us. Deflate us if you want. Fill our egos up. Do whatever. Just send us a text on double eight double three. Let us know how we're going. I think we should get Joe on to do <laughs> some stand up comedy yeah, as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We're gonna, always going to check we're in delay when we do that. Uh, I reckon that they've just we've just we've just had another lifeline here. They've um they've dropped a catch. The Royal Challengers Bangalore have dropped a catch. So Baz's uh, Kolkata Knight Riders are still hanging in there firmly in the lead. Hey, uh, yesterday is he? We I don't know. I've I've given up on watching the four pm press conferences. I don't know what everyone else is where they are at with it. I just can't. It's too stressful for me, and it just is very aggravating for a number of reasons. And um, but I but I caught up on the news. The news is no jo- no jab, no job for teachers and healthcare workers from mm. next year. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, it's just a basic reality, actually, Louis. Like the, it's been talked about, spoken about for the last couple of months that if you want any freedom or you want to be able to do anything, you got to get the jab. You got a jab. You got a jab. You got to get the jab. And uh, the government's slowly making these um, tough decisions. They are going to be tough. And I've got friends in the industry, uh, daycare centres, and things like that. They'll be. There's a lot of teachers that are struggling and, and struggling and. Um, you know, that are, that are questioning the decision, but basic reality is we've got to protect our kids, our future, our families, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the only way going forward. It is the only way how we're going to get any sort of freedom to, to do anything, any normality back in our lives. We have to vaccinate. We have to vaccinate. It's just the basic hard, cold, cold, cold facts. Yeah, it's, you know, some people will agree, some people won't, and uh, if you won't and you don't, well, you, you're not going to have a job. You're not going to have any freedom or anything like that because that's just the basic reality. Yep. Um, Trudy will probably be able to speak about this a bit more. What's your thoughts, Trudy? Yeah, I mean, um, that was just vaccination. The guy that's wearing the T-shirt, you just, we've just got to all be vaccinated. At the moment, South Island is leading. It's 86% South Islanders are jabbed to versus, I think it's about 82% where we are here in North Island. But I actually feel really, th- I, I'm happy to continue on with level three or even level four and stay safe and get vaccinated and look after everyone. But the South Island yesterday was pretty much ignored. But I reckon they should be in level mm. one. Yeah, well, they, mm. I think there's a, it's kind of a bit of a depressing thought, but I think it's inevitable Delta does make it to the South Island. Yeah. Uh, yep, I do. If we carry on like this, I mean, there's, there are, I think, there's a good case to be made that the South Island, and I think a lot of South Islanders were saying that we should be shut off from the North Island while it's running rampant. I mean, every day we find out a new place where Delta has kind of got to, and case numbers very, I think towards the end of this week, it's going to be very telling because we'll skip the weekend. And I don't know about you guys, but I saw lots of people out and about over oh, the weekend, it was, yeah, and, it, and it was a bit of a free-for-all. So I think it, the way we're going, it probably is inevitable. So I'm I just want to make sure that South Island isn't being complacent, and because um, obviously I'm from there, friends and family, well, all my friends and family are, are down there, and is there's probably I don't know, is do you do you feel a little bit disconnected from what we're going through up here? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, we do because uh, we're down here. And w- look, I'll be honest, I, I try not to read that or listen to that four o'clock news, but yesterday I just flipped the TV on and it was on, so I listened to it. And, um, yeah, I do feel it, mate. And, and uh, I get a sense that it's, this, this doubt is everywhere. You know, I, I reckon it's everywhere because 
I spoke to Dad about it, and I was like, mate, it's not down in the South Island. And he said, mate, everyone is flying from everywhere yeah. around the country. It's 100% down in the South Island, or it's 100% somewhere. It's it's around New Zealand, you know. And, and like, you're, you're right, time's just going to tell. It's going to come out. And I think it's, um, I think the bubble's burst, to be honest. I think it's, it's I think it's all, at a, in a lot of places that we probably don't know at the moment. So, uh, yeah, look... <laughs> It's a tough one because it's obviously not down here at the moment, and there's a lot of industries down here that are struggling, and, and yeah, you know we we can't get up. But that's the same for for the rest of the country. And I don't know how. Well, how would you guys feel if we were down here, going to the races, going to big events, like having a full free for all, having a free for all? Even life is normal down here. How would you feel down here if we we're doing that and you're at home locked up? I'd love it. Yeah, as, I'd love it as long as. I, and this might sound a bit contradictory, but they they did shut the border off because I don't I don't I think if if you can promise and you know that there's certainty in the fact that the South Island is still one of the only places that is delta free, then good embrace it. You, let's let's keep industries moving, but let's relocate mm. points of focus to the South Island. But I just think at the moment we're kind of a bit half baked. We're kind of in between. Yeah. We're like half protected, but we're kind of sitting on the fence. There's kind of maybe some crowds at Cup Week, but maybe not all of the crowds because maybe the border's kind of half shut, but it's only shut from some places. It's a bit wishy-washy, isn't and, it? And it? Yeah. But there is a natural border with the Cook Strait, and the South Island's always been known as the mainland, you know, and it's and good on being down there. I, there's not even jealousy. I just think, good on you. You made the right life choice being where you are. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. You know? yeah. You're just from Both. the best place in the world. You right? are. Like, you're lucky, blessed, uh, and you should be able to enjoy it, let businesses flow and have your uh, yeah. weddings and have your 120 people for weddings. Why not? Yeah. Well, look, I, I don't know, but, but yeah, it is, it, there's so many different angles you can take from, I think we all just feel for, we feel for everybody in lockdown right now. And I do feel, I really do feel for businesses that are struggling. Mm. And um, just like I feel mm. for people with family members that are impacted and communities that are being ravaged. So there's no easy answer. And uh, of course, we feel for parents that <laughs> kids are not going back to school next week, Trudy. Only in Auckland. Only and, in Auckland. Yeah, so the, obviously the rest of the country's at level two. How like, do you feel about that, you and your It's your, frustrating, yeah. I mean, I've got two, friends. yeah, I've got three boys. And two are still school age, so one's still in primary, one's at high school, and they and I was looking forward to Monday just to get their learning back on track. Like they're mm. nearly eight weeks, two months without official learning and trying to force them to do the home learning. Like they just kick back and they don't really want to do it. So you get like twenty minutes, forty minutes out of them when at school they're doing six hours of sport, play, regimented routine. Learning and so yeah, so it's a bit. I find, um, are we growing a generation of nutcases? Exactly, like, they're, and they're also now gifting NCEA credits because so we're going to have all these people with degrees down the track that didn't really <laughs> earn them, telling us what to do. <laughs> anyway, God forbid, <laughs> Izzy. Good morning, team. What about the Louis and Izzy show, Lizzie Morning Show? It sounds Love a bit it. like sounds a bit like lizard, doesn't it? Sounds it? like like something like Ellen. You know, you the Lizzie. Take on Ellen. The Lizzie. Lizzie Morning Show. Like that. I like it. I like it. And we've got, we got Jim here. Please let Baz come home to work and family. Crippled, clueless, that's me. Doing okay-ish <laughs> with the help of two professionals. That is from Jim and Tim Mooka. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Crippled, Thanks, clueless. Thanks, <laughs> Extremely, extremely backhanded. But anyway, hey, uh, Owen Morgan's in to guide Crippled, them home. Clueless. He's in.
and they need uh, 14 runs from 16 balls. So we lost one more wicket. Uh, we've got Denise Karthik and uh, Owen Morgan. So the two most experienced guys in the lineup are at the crease. I reckon they get us home. We're 21 minutes past six o'clock. The NRL is expanding, Izzy. Let's talk about that after this. Yes. If you're in Redcliffe, it's a great morning to be up in Brizzy. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Well, after saying Denise Karthik and uh, Owen Morgan are the two most experienced heads, Karthik is gone, so we need about 13 off 14. Great catch from the keeper behind the stumps. Low down and Coley absolutely loves it on the line. Anyway, we'll follow them. They're not far away from getting home, and an NRL isn't far away from having a 17th team. Yes, the Dolphins. The Redcliffe Dolphins are reportedly to be announced by the NRL this week. They are the preferred option, so from 2023, a new NRL franchise. Is he? How exciting is that? Yeah, it's good, mate. It's good. So hints are that Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett might be the coach. What? Entering in the 2023. Uh, yeah, so there's there's the rumours around there that he might sign. He loves Brisbane. That's his, that's his home, and he wants to head back. He coached the Broncos there for many years. Uh, so another opportunity for him to go home back to Brisbane. Uh, three t- it was a three-team race between the Firehawks and the Newtown Jets. Newtown Jets are a very uh, solid uh, club side from, from Sydney. Uh, the Dolphins had some cash. They've got some cash as well. $70 million worth of assets, $20 million in cash reserves. So they'll be one of the richest clubs in the competition in the NRL. So if they hasn't been announced yet, but they're, they're heading in the, the right direction. Uh, they won't be called the Redcliffe Dolphins, actually. What? They won't be called the Redcliffe Dolphins. They're gonna actually going to go to the community. They're going to go around the community and the NRL fans and ask them to help them with some uh, naming rights to get them a new name for the NRL. So there you go. They're going to go find some gravy from the community. They're going to ask the community what they think their name should be um, and get their name. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. There's some talent. Uh, Brisbane have been the last team that was uh, brought into the NRL was the Gold Coast Titans in 207. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's about time. About time they brought another squad in, another another team, and a team that actually can financially su- survive. I just spoke about the, t- the money that they've got. So, basically, now they've got to build a squad. Now they've got to build a squad. And, and so, who do you build your squad around? Who do you build your squad around, Louis? Who would you... I've got a name here. Who would you build your squad around? If you had to go out and get one name... Who would you build your squad around? Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to pick, you're not going to, th- well, you might, but I'm going something a little bit less glamorous than the obvious, but I think this is right. Yeah. He's a Queenslander. I, he is very good on Twitter. He seems to be one of the great guys. And Phil Lutton, who's a um, very great, a very good journalist up in Queens and Brisbane, actually tweeted this. You can get great players, but great culture can last for a long time. Christian Welsh. Mm. Christian, Christian Welsh, Welsh comes off contract. He's a big burly oh. storm, big front rower. Um, he can just he goes all day. Big ticker, great guy. NRL yeah. high NRL IQ, and he could be the inaugural captain for your club. There you go, there you go, mate. What a get. I like that. I like that. That's a, like a Michael Luck, mate. Kevin Campion kind of setup. Just yeah, work horse, yeah. work really hard. Does Queensland. I love that. I love how you took there thinking about the the culture as well. I love that. And uh, the guy I've gone is, is probably the opposite to the culture. Get <laughs> to the social club. Cameron Munster. He's going straight to the social club, mate. No. No, I've gone this guy because he's already hinted he wants to go back to Brisbane. 
He's already hinted he wants to go back to Brisbane and play his rugby league. That is his home. And I've got, I know there's been a lot of media about him lately and for the wrong reasons. Hopefully he could turn his life around, but I've gone for Cameron Munster, mate. <laughs> I've gone for Cameron Munster. He's always wanted to head home. He's always wanted to play Brisbane, play his league in Brisbane. I think uh, this would be a perfect opportunity for him to get under Wayne Bennett, work with Wayne Bennett. I know he's got Craig Bellamy there, so either way he's got a great coach and, and leadership. But um, just from in the news, knowing that he's had interest, he's been interest, interested in heading back to Brisbane, I just think that'd be a great, uh, great get for for the Redcliffe Dolphins or whatever their name's going to be. Um, obviously, he's gone through his own little troubles lately, so that didn't help in the, in the culture-wise, but he's, he's he's made a mistake. He's moving on, and he's going to learn from that mistake. So for me, it was Cameron Munster, mate. So what do you reckon? Who would you build your team around at home uh, at the Redcliffe Dolphins? Give us a text on double eight double three. Cameron Munster or Welsh. Christian Welsh. Well, I suppose with, with Cameron Munster, he's got to serve... Have them both, mate. <laughs> he's got to serve this... He's got to serve this 12-month no-alcohol ban at the Storm, so then he'll be back on the beers. He'll be hooking into his 4X he'll when he gets fine, up mate. to... Nah, he'll, be he'll be fine. He's made a mistake. They've all made a mistake. I was listening to Craig Bellamy today, and uh, just before we get on air, uh, got on the air and just talking about that, that incident, and he was very disappointed, but yeah, he just spoke about these these boys. You know, they've, they've made a mistake. It's a terrible mistake, and it's not a great look. They've ruined the club, Storm... NRL, they put a dampener on, on the on the competition and the names. But uh, he spoke about this. They've, they've made a mistake. They know that. They're learning from that and uh, making the right choices. They're making the right decisions now to get help and, and do their thing, do what's needed to, to move forward. But, yeah, I just think that would be a great get for, for the, uh, the Redcliffe Dolphins. Well, I tell you what, and I don't actually disagree, but I might disagree with Dan Christian getting the ball for the last over after he got absolutely towed up earlier. V-Rat has given Dan Christian the ball. Seven needed from the last over as the Kolkata Night Riders are 132 for six. Better get off to Trudy's News. We'll be back with the update of that very shortly, 28 minutes away from seven. The news is next with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. More chat on the NRL, though. Who would you be building your team around? As it is here for breakfast, it is 26 minutes away from 7 o'clock and I'm going to call them. I'm going to call them home. I reckon we're there, Izzy. I know I'm a little bit ahead of you on, on your Sky Go, but one run needed from three balls. The Kolkata Knight Riders for Shakib Hal Hassan, who the first ball of the Dan Christian over has just gone down and just paddled him over his right shoulder for oh. four. What a shot that was. That's a Baz McCullum little... Scoop shot that one, wasn't it? That's 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 Baz's influence, isn't it? Baz's influence. Go out there, play the shots, just play, play, mate. And I love it. I love it. There are you ahead of me. I got two, two or four balls, so they're obviously going to win. Tell me when they win, mate. They've Let me won. know when they win. It's over. They've done yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> They've run through. Morgs and Al Hassan have got it done. Where can we see Baz? He's all his all his young fellas are getting up and they're about in the dugout. How exciting. Oh. What an achievement. You know, um, oh, Morgan, the guy Baz really respects, he's captain of the side, and they're just, they've dug in against a lot of adversity back in this tournament, and um, they're now into the, they're one game away from the final, so they've got one more game, and then they will meet yep. the Chennai Super Kings in the final if they can win that. 
And, and imagine that. Imagine a Flem Baz McCullum final in the IPL. I'd be so good, is he? Oh, that'll be. That'll be. Mate, I just can't wait to. If that happens, they've got to face the Delhi Capitals, haven't they? Yeah. Delhi Capitals, who lost the Chennai Super Kings. They beat the Delhi Capitals, then they play the Chennai, mate. Flem v. Baz. Oh, mate, just couldn't be scripted any better. We're gonna get we're gonna get bears on tomorrow. We're gonna get bears on tomorrow. Chat to chat to the old mate. I haven't spoken to him for for ages. So looking forward to chatting to him. But the one on my TV right now. How good? Get him home. Why don't we have to? Can we, Kiz and Joe? Can we dig out that audio from where Flem said that they were dangerous? I want that. I want that audio back because he kind of called it, which is in a way Baz will probably be a bit annoyed about because Flem was right again. <laughs> He's always right, and um, <laughs> he said that they were dangerous. Anyway, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Oh, Cole, he looks so grumpy. Love it. Um, your home for everything thoroughbred racing is loveracing.nz. And this week, well, it is a Group 1 week. We love a Group 1 week here in New Zealand. So Hastings this weekend, the Livermore Classic. And it's going to be a hell of a a hell of a, uh, a race with a bunch of open chances. Bowden, who was going to go to the Melbourne Cup, has stayed here for Joan Egan and, and Graham Rogerson. So I'm looking forward to that. Tomorrow we have got the Cambridge Synthetic Trials, and we've also got a Cambridge Synthetic Meet. On Thursday, Toto and Nico gets a, a lovely a chance to race again. They don't get too many, and we get the trials at Talpo. So hopefully Maui Philly can trial up. And, yeah, then Tiaroha on Friday before Hastings and Ash Burton. And um, a little bit of Cox Plate news. Well, the Godolphin three-year-old star who won the Caulfield Guineas, Animo, Godolphin, they've pulled the trigger, and he's going to race in the Cox Plate as a three-year-old. He's only got to carry 49.5 kilograms. And if mm. everybody, if he is as good as we kind of think he is, he's got a freakish turn of foot. He looks like he can race from 1,200 metres to 2,000 metres, which the Cox Plate distance is. He gets Craig Williams the gun Australian uh, Victorian based jockey on who can ride the lightweight. It's very exciting news. So the Cox plates two weeks ago this weekend, it's the Caulfield cup where you have the chosen one from a New Zealand point of view going round. Um, and tomorrow is the thousand guineas where Zuzarella goes round for Cambridge studs. So it's such a busy time of year for racing. Is he, I could go all day, but we have to go to other things, don't we? Did you see the chosen one uh, race on the weekend? He flew home from flew last to get second place. To get second place, I couldn't believe it, mate. I was on third place. I can't remember the horse that was that came third, but it, it beat beat my horse and it flew home from last to get third, ah, uh, to get second. And it and the, it was carrying the top weight as well. It was carrying fifty nine. Like mm. uh, Murray Baker reckoned it. it I can guarantee you, Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman will be so happy with where the chosen one is out ahead of the Caulfield Cup. Still flying under the radar. You can still get about $6 in futures because Defibrillate. Um, you've got all these other star horses. Delphi, who have talked about quite a bit. Um, and That's yeah. who I was on. I was on Defibrillate, wasn't it? Was, I was on that. Delphi won well. Yeah, 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 it? yeah. Yeah, Delphi won really well. Incentivise is, um, of course, the short price favourite. Oh, I can't wait. The Cox, the Caulfield Cup this weekend, the Cox Plate next weekend. We're under a month away from the uh, Melbourne Cup. Of course, New Zealand Cup week is only about a month away as well. Then we're into the summer of racing. Ellerslie has announced more stakes. It's good news all around in the racing industry. Double eight, double three. Keep your messages coming in of who you would start your NRL franchise around. We'll get to those before the end of the show. We want to have this a, a 
major conversation. So get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Or the Kennards Hire phone line, 0800 150 811, which right now you can call because you want to take on the Quizmaster. The is master, the guy who sets a quiz so hard that I don't know if anybody can take it on and win it. Master, Izzy Dag running the quiz, Quizzy Dag right next now. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call on the Kennard's Hire phone line. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is, it's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause this ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now, give it a go. Nice, nice, nice. Good morning. Hope you're having a great Tuesday morning wherever you are around the country. I've got a doozy for you. It's not too bad, not too bad. It's definitely gettable, definitely gettable. And we love, we love this guy. He's a good supporter of the show. Alan from Fakatani. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. <laughs> How you doing, Izzy? You're up, buddy. You're up first. You love going first, don't you? No, I was looking forward to getting my crack <laughs> Yesterday, but uh, you let that guy get it when he didn't even have the right continent. <laughs> uh, it was close. It was close. Here we go. We've got an easy start. We've got a nice easy start here. We're going to go to the rugby first up, all right? Here we go. Here we Which go. former yeah. Wallabies playmaker was signed to Moana Pacifica yesterday? No, sorry, you yeah, carry on. <laughs> oh, Alan, it's a weird name. Alan. Alan. Oh. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, see you tomorrow, Alan. See you, Thanks, Alan. mate. David, good morning. Morning. <laughs> morning, David. Here we go. I, I have Which heard, former um, Wallabies? Yeah, carry on. Which former Wallabies former. playmaker was signed to Moana Pacifica? Oh. Um, right. as, as a player. Three. Yeah, yeah. I'll go yeah, Quade Cooper. Two. He's not former, though. Wow. No, no, it's not him. Sorry, David. Sorry, David. Craig. Good morning, Craig. Ah, Craig's dropped off. Oh, we lost Craig. Richie. Morning, Izzy. Morning, mate. Morning, mate. Which former pl- Wallabies playmaker was signed to one? Christian Leliafano. There you go. Christian Leliafano. Nice. Question number two. Who won the UEFA Nations League final against Spain to become the first country to win the Nations League and World Cup and the Euros? Italy. No, sorry. Tim? Tim? Yeah. Tim? Morning, buddy. G'day, Tim. Morning, mate. Here we go. Who won the UEFA Nations League final against Spain to become the first country to win the Nations League, the World Cup, and the Euros? Yeah, I think it was France, wasn't it? 
Yep, it was France. Well done. Here we go. Question number three. Which team has secured the NRL 17th licence to play in the 2023 Premiership? Redcliffe Dolphins. There you go. Question number four. Who has hit more sixes in T20 cricket than anyone else in, T- in 2021? Clearing the rope 89 times so far. Glenn Phillips. Who <laughs> <laughs> he is? Oh, welcome. Question number five, mate. Question number five. Who was named as the first ever coach of the Wellington Phoenix women's team yesterday? Five. Oh, I know it. Three, I know it. Two. One. It was like, it was, um, Anna, uh, isn't it Anna someone? No. Sorry, mate. Oh, Sorry, Tim. The Tim from Christchurch. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Tim from Christchurch is coming. Is he going to sneak it? Jim, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you weasel! <laughs> you little It's all about timing, mate. You timed that perfect. You had it right, written it down on your laptop. You're like, okay, Jim, who's Phoenix Woman's coach? Gemma Lewis, Gemma Lewis. I'm in, I'm in, I've won it! <laughs> Well done, brother. I actually, awesome, I actually, mate. I actually read about that yesterday. And uh, I'm driving, so oh, I couldn't Google, but... Oh, there you go. Love to honestly, oh, mate. Thank you so much, Timmy. Spend it wisely. Cheers, boys. Stay tuned. We'll give you a tip. <laughs> Poor Tim from Mount Wellington's been done one there by oh, Tim from Christchurch. I know. He's got Anna, Anna. I was like, no, it's not nah. an Anna. It's not Anna, mate. Oh, tomorrow, Tim from Mount Wellington. Brilliant. Love it. Great quiz. Yeah. Very good quiz. Enjoyed that. Again tomorrow, same time for the $50 TAB bonus bet. That quiz, oh, it is such a good asset to the morning because it just gets you up and about. Not happy with your hair loss. Make today your turning point. Search Ashley and Martin online. Right now, we're going to be back before the news with Trudy for Trudy's World. It is nine minutes away from seven on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Look, I've actually been thinking about it, and if, if I could convince Roger Tuivasa-Shek to go back to rugby league, maybe he'd be my starter for the red, my my linchpin player for the uh, Red Cliff Dolphins. Um, send your messages in double eight double three. Who are you starting in NRL franchise around? Which player is your first name on the team sheet? We'd love to hear from you. We want to keep this conversation going throughout the morning. But right now, before we get to the news, it's true as well. It's Trudy's world. It's Trudy's world. It's Trudy's world. It's Trudy's world. Oh, just a couple of little minutes to put a smile on your face here. A couple of cool Tuesday morning stories. One out of our Only in America file. I've got a story about Hoochie Mama and a story about spies and sandwiches. Which story do you want first, Izzy? Hoochie Mama. Hoochie Mama. (laughs) All right, then. Uh, So a sheriff in the US is looking to return $3 million worth of marijuana to its rightful owner. Yeah, Sheriff Wayne Ivey. He says it's the very least we can do. You know, he's got a history of having a bit of fun on on Facebook in a humorous way to make things happen. A bit like if you follow NZ Police on Facebook, they have a bit of a laugh sometimes. So he's put this post up, basically says, since at the Brevard Sheriff's Office we always strive to do the right thing, our narcotics agents are trying to identify 
identified the rightful owner of approximately 400 kgs of marijuana that was seized from a storage shed. If it's yours, let us know. We're just trying to do the right thing, especially since it has a street value of roughly $3 million. So I'm wondering if people, they're following the people that like it or put the happy face or the little green yeah. emoji. Yeah. So that's that one. Yeah. And the, how funny is it, eh, when you see, sorry, Charity, how yeah. funny is it when you see the, do you know this person on on the New Zealand Police website, and then you go through the comments and they tag all their friends. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. They are actually on point, eh? The NZ yeah. Police on Facebook yeah. and Twitter as well. Um, and this story, oh, this is a, a pretty cool spy story. A, a US naval engineer and his wife have been charged with trying to sell nuclear secrets. Um, his name's Jonathan, his wife, Denise. They were arrested yesterday. They tried to sell... Jonathan and Denise. <laughs> Jonathan and Denise. They sound very normal. Well, you're just not... It's the quiet ones, eh? Anyway, they tried to sell nuclear submarine design data. They hid it in a peanut butter sandwich to the guy that they were passing it to, passed the sandwich across the thing. They thought it was this person from another country that they were onto a winner, but it was an FBI agent undercover. So how about that? Putting the secrets inside a sandwich with oh, peanut butter. Honestly, <laughs> with a name, Jonathan and Jonathan Denise. Jonathan Denise. I'm not surprised. That oh. is useless. Peanut butter. Wow. Peanut, wow. Was it peanut butter and jelly or just peanut butter? Didn't state that. But if there was peanut butter and butter, that's just wrong because that's two butters. Qu- quick one for you guys. <laughs> I was watching the NFL yesterday and they had a rain delay during the game and the players were complaining that their peanut butter and jelly um, sandwiches didn't have the right ratio. It was 70% <laughs> peanut butter to 30% jelly. Stop it. I was thinking that's what? probably the right ratio, isn't it? I don't think they go together I've, at all. Have you had a peanut butter jelly sandwich? No. I've never had one. Eh? I don't know what. Well, it, jam. Oh, peanut butter and jam, like, I guess. Peanut butter jam, yeah. Peanut butter peanut and peanut butter and jam. You like it? Are you, are you are you a peanut butter and jam fan? Pro, very pro. Even yeah. on a on a bagel, even yeah. better. Sounds like a heart attack. Toast or sandwich? Either. Ooh, okay. White or brown? Either. Racist. Agnostic. (laughs) 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 Not not phased at all. Tell you what I am phased about. It's getting my McCafe coffee hit, which we will do shortly before Taylor Barry. I hope he's he's, um, dried out a little bit. We'll catch up with him shortly before then. It's the news with Kubota and Tree. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Tuesday the 12th of October and it's just after 7 o'clock here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz has just won his game against the Royal Challenge Bangalore. He's heading off to the Eliminator semi-final to make the final against Delhi Capitals. So great to see Baz there trucking along really, really well. Had a good hour so far, we've talked about Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Louis is 70% peanut butter, 30% jelly or jam, if you want to call it. First world problems. First world problems from Louis. He's actually getting the measuring tape out, measuring cup out, and he's measuring his sandwiches. That's, well done, Louis. That's Look. not true. Don't defame <laughs> me. It was the, the NFL players were complaining about the 70-30, and I said that would be about right. And then I've had somebody has come through 50-50, Louis, don't be a psycho. That's a bit rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Actually, later on, I'm going to get on to a first world problem that I'm going with, and I might need your help at home. I need some inspiration for dinner because... Well, I'm lost. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. <laughs> so send me some recipes. 
Yeah, kitchen clueless at the Dag household. My wife's in Gisborne, and uh, she's the main chef at this house, and I've I've lost inspiration. So today I'm either going to starve or someone send me a recipe. If you send me a recipe, flick me a, 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 some some little sort of recipe, and I'll, I'll whip it up tonight. The best recipe, I'll whip it up tonight, and I'll chuck it up on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. I'll put a photo up, but I need some inspiration. So send, a, send me a recipe. Send me some ideas on double eight double three, and we'll get those. Uh, I'll, I'll take the best one, and I'll cook it tonight, and I'll chuck it up, and you can let me know how I cook. You know, I'll, I'll even get real chef on it and design. Put, it's all about plate presentation. So there you go. There you go. Anyway, coming up on the show, we got uh, last night the Aotearoa men's netball side pushed the Silver Ferns right to the end, just going down by one goal in the end. So Cruz Tangera, he was part of the squad. He didn't quite make it. He couldn't get an exemption to join the Aotearoa Aotearoa men's netball side in Wellington, uh, but he was commentating last night, so first-hand going to review that game and uh, that performance. The men's side were awesome last night. They they pushed the girls right to the end, just going down by one goal, so chatting to Cruz Tangera, and then we're going to talk to James Semple. James Semple is the Waikato men's, uh, Waikato women's uh, Farapama coach, head coach, and they beat Canterbury on Saturday to lock in their first win in the, in the Farah Palmer's uh, Premiership competition. So looking forward to chatting to Jane Semple. And then later on, we're going to tap to Richard Litt. But right now, right now, we spoke about it. The heavyweight division was well and truly alight on Sunday afternoon here in, in New Zealand. And, well, someone that was right amongst it. It was one of the sporting highlights of the year, and more than that, one of the highlights of a long and celebrated sport. Tyson Fury confirmed his status as a legend of the boxing ring when he stopped Deontay Wilder in the 11th round. Who and who did he, Who did we see firing up, jumping around the ring once it was all caught off? The Kiwi in Fury's corner, Taylor Barry. He's back on the show after his appearance last week. He'll be a little bit slow. He'll be a little bit slow this morning, the old mate, Taylor Barry. Good morning, brother. Good afternoon over there. Good morning, Izzy. What's up, brother? How you feeling, mate? How you feeling? You a little bit slow today? Yeah, it's been a long couple of days, bro. Saturday and Sunday were quite big nights, so it's nice to kind of get the next couple of days off before going back in the gym. That's for sure. But I, I didn't see you dancing on stage with uh, Joe and and Tyson. <laughs> were, you, were you were you about to get up and show us a little move or what? <laughs> I'm gonna leave that for them, mate. I'm just gonna. Hang in the background, get the phone out, take some videos, and sink it all in. <laughs> Mate, let's talk about that fight. Let's, talk, let's go back to the fight, and we'll talk about celebrations after, because that was an unbelievable, like, an amazing, outstanding fight. I never said unbelievable. Outstanding fight. That was an outstanding fight. As a, as a fan of the boxing heavyweight division, that was everything. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an unbelievable fight. So for you... What was it like in the corner? What were the messages going to Tyson Fury uh, during that fight? Uh, firstly, man, the the atmosphere in that stadium was something I've never seen before. It was it was electric. It was loud, and seeing the star mm. power coming out for a fight of that magnitude was was unreal. But you know, just watching from the corner as a boxing fan as well was the greatest heavyweight fight I'd I'd ever seen, and it lived up to all the hype. It was great for for boxing as well as to see mm. two two elite guys go at it. Um, we were just telling Tyson, you know, stick to the game plan. We knew 
we knew Tyson would break him down eventually. Um, and then obviously when he when he got hit and got dropped, but you know in the round five it was just yeah just shook it up. We just told him to stay composed, go back to the game plan, and follow through. What what was the game plan leading into this fight when you're fighting a guy like Deontay Wilder, who has got has got that you know, right hand that can knock anyone out? What was what was the game plan going into this? Well, the game plan was always to put put Wilder on his back foot. So to keep the jab in his face and fire the right hand over the top, mm. but to push him back, use your size. Tyson is extremely big for a heavyweight. So we, we thought if you know we lean on him, we use our weight to push down on him, we would yeah. exhaust him and it would break him down. So we just pushed him back and he couldn't couldn't react. So He was he really mauled him well, didn't he, Taylor? Hey hey man, it's um Louis here. Now I saw a clip of um Sugar just screaming at Tyson in the later rounds, stick to the jab, stick to the jab, just like really with some great language as well. Just stick to the jab. He can't hit you with his right if you're jabbing him. From a boxing perspective, can you explain that to us? How does that work? Well, Tyson's the bigger man. To take away the right hand, you keep the jab in his face. The jab is your front hand, which makes it closer. So if the jab lands, it stops the right hand from hitting you. So that was the key. Tyson had to use the jab he got you know there was a couple of times where he was a bit patient he got hit with a couple of shots but when he went back to throwing the jab the jab he got a lot of success and you can see wilder's head getting snapped back and that's what set up the knockout yeah that's... talk to us about um sorry sorry talk to us about round four but uh, round four when he did get that punch and he got knocked down twice and he comes back to the corner mate tell us how what, what was going through his mind could you see a little bit of fear in his eyes or he just looked like he never no, got really rattled. Like sees, he was a little bit dazed. That man sees no fear. He's one of a kind. You know, he's, mm. you know, in that kind of moment, you know, we can tell he was hurt by the way he stood up. He went straight leg straight away. So, and when he went down for the second time, I was, you know, I was getting a little worried. But one thing I do is, like, Tyson will die in that ring. You know, he, he's been down before. He's been hit with big shots before. So, it's, you know, he knows how to, with the experience, he knows how to kind of push through it, if that makes sense. Yeah, his resilience kind of, and actually last week you spoke about that, eh, Taylor? His resilience out of the ring as well. Like he's been through so much in his life, so he kind of has a great perspective. But when he comes back to the corner, like what's going through your head? Hey, do you just have full faith in him? Or is there like, you see you're a little bit worried. Do you Do you kind of worry that Wilder is one hit or one shot away? Like, are you really realistic about what's going on? Yeah, you have to keep it realistic. But at the end of the day, my thought process was just doing what we had to do in the corner, focus on making sure he was, you know, recouped and ready to go go back out and do his thing. So I, I, I wasn't personally worried because I know what Tyson's like. I know what he's gone through and he's been in that position before. So... I knew he'd be okay. He he gave us a little wink in the corner as well, kind of saying, you know, I'm all right. What what about for Wilder, mate? Like he's he's getting on now. He's 35 years of age. He's just absolutely taking a pummeling out there in, in that fight on Sunday. What what next for him? Do you see him coming back from this? Mm, you know what? I think he 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 deserves a lot of respect. He. Mm. He put on a really good performance. He he did really well, and then at the end of the day, he you know everyone was clapping for him after as well, just because he's the fight of the magnitude. So, you know, 
personally, I think, you know, he's got six children. I can kind of see him going back to Alabama, retiring. You know, he got paid $40 million. So, you know, what else does he have to prove? $40 million. Oh, all right. $40 million. That's not bad. Not hey, a bad pattern. You're right, mate. He has got a family. I don't know if I'd take yeah. $40 million to wear that much, though. I don't. I <laughs> Like, I think he earned every cent of that, didn't he, Taylor? For sure. For sure. That's why, hey, when he got knocked spark out, I don't feel bad for him because at the end of the day, you win either way. $40 million is life-changing money. Mate, what Fury spoke about afterwards that he, he went over and he tried to speak to Deontay Wilder and, and Deontay wasn't having a bar of it, is it? You'd think after a match like that, after a fight, there'd be a lot of respect. Is there no respect there? You know, I'll just briefly touch on this. It's like, to a man of such respect within himself, you know, he gave his training camp for the last year and a half, his everything, and it still wasn't good enough. So I think the emotions of the defeat got the best of him. So I don't think it was more of yeah, yeah. him not having respect. I feel like it was just yeah. so in the moment, he just didn't know how to handle it. And last time we could see how he handled his last defeat. I don't think he wanted to do that again. And he actually come out today and did a statement and he came out just saying, you know, my best wasn't good enough. You know, I didn't expect Fury to make these adjustments. He boxed well. Congratulations to him. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, there you go. So I think there you there go. It takes a few days. Now. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, mate. Hey, and, and, and what about, what, what next for, for Tyson? What next for Tyson? He's going to take a bit of time off, relax with his family. He's just had a newborn, and then he'll get back in the ring, yeah? Mm -hmm. um, so Tyson's actually on a flight in two hours back to the UK. Um, he, I know he's just not, you know, he's going to, take the next few months and enjoy the birth of his new daughter and hang out and enjoy some much needed time off. You know, and when Tyson's ready, he'll come back and do what he does. And what about for you, mate? What about you? Like you've, you've gone from leaps and bounds and you're getting to be around and, and developing your training career. And how are you tracking, mate? You enjoying it? Yeah, mate, it's good. Obviously very lucky and blessed to be in this position and getting the opportunity to, worked with these high elite guys and you know i give my dad a lot of um a lot like a lot of the credit for kind of pushing me and putting me in this position mm. yeah well, obviously Kev happy birthday happy birthday to kevy too yeah, yeah absolutely and, <laughs> it, and he's been such a like it's funny taylor because kev's been such a consistent and a kiwi sports fan's life for what like 30 years um, maybe maybe longer, right? Like he's been around forever and you've kind of grown up there and now you guys are over there in the biggest heavyweight battle maybe ever. It's pretty incredible watching it from afar, man. Um, all I can say is sorry about the Raiders. I don't know how they lost to the Bears. That's probably the, <laughs> the, the only part of your weekend. Man, hey, 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 hey. They're, that team is a very, very talented team. They're just, right now they're, they're they've got about seven of their key guys on IR on injury for the next few weeks. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be a very interesting few weeks to see how everything plots out. Well, if you if you lose to the Broncos, then we'll have trouble, right? So, we'll keep keep <laughs> we'll have to keep checking in with your Raiders throughout the year. So, when do you get back to work? You got a couple of days out of the gym to recover. Hopefully, the dust is settled, and you're back eating some marmite on toast or whatever you eat now. And um, when do you, when do you get back into the gym? 
I'll be in the gym tomorrow. You know, I, I kind of dad's down there training a couple of the boys now, a couple of his fighters coming through. So he'll do that today, and then I'll be back in the gym tomorrow. Nice. I know Joe's over there. Joe Parker's over there in, in, in the United States with his. How's he going, mate, and how's he looking? Joe look, Joe's looking really lean. He actually was staying at the family house for the last few days, and actually my mum just dropped him off at the airport. He's flying back over to the UK, so no, he's good. He's got a big fight ahead of him, so yeah. Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Taylor Barry out of the United States, he was in Tyson Fury's corner in that, wow, magnificent fight in the heavyweight division that Bob Aaron called it. Uh, it was awesome to be able to Witness that on Sunday, mate. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, happy birthday to Kevin Barry over there in Vegas, and go well. Go well, mate. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, Izzy. All right, mate. Awesome. There you go. Taylor Barry, he's, he's going he's to have a big career in the, in the boxing uh, training world, you know. He's, he's surrounding himself around some absolute superstars. He's in Tyson Fury, and you saw that after that fight. He's the first guy there in the ring to congratulate Tyson Fury. So when you surround yourself yeah. around someone like that, mate, you're only going to go places. In a way, like, he's almost completely understated. Like, Taylor's just, he's, like, so just chill, like, I'm blessed to be here. And, and yeah, he owes his dad a lot. Um, but, like, the reality is that's Tyson Fury, who is maybe the biggest sports star in the world right now. Like, seriously, it, around the world, like, we're talking, you know, Conor McGregor, Lewis Hamilton, um, Emma Raducanu, Tyson Fury. Like, they, these are the people on the, like, lips of every sports fan everywhere in the world because boxing is a universal mm. sport. And you make the point that he's the first guy in the ring and he's – staying composed when Tyson's knocked down. He's got the wink. He's got those inside stories, and he's learning from some geniuses in the boxing craft, including his dad. And big ups, Taylor. Let's hope the Raiders can bounce back. That's from Adam on double eight, double three. And I couldn't agree more, Adam. Like, big ups. That's for a, a Kiwi dude over there. Like, that is as big as it gets, is he? It's incredible. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good to watch his journey. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet him a couple of times through Joe Parker when he was here training with uh, Joey. He's, he's a good man. He's a top man. And, and you spoke about it, the biggest names in the world. You think about these athletes that are the best in their business, the best of their craft, and you think about what do they have? What do they have that's different? Well, they have a, they have, they have a, a, a personality that is unmatched. So they have something about them, an aura, or, or there's something like, a, even with Fury, like a name Fury, you know, the, the name Fury, that's, that's got a ring to it that's, that's unmatched. You know, that, that name and that, that, you know, Tyson Fury... It's a recognisable name. But for him, he's got a personality. He speaks the truth. He's, he walks his talk every single time he speaks. And uh, he doesn't bullshit. He doesn't bullshit anything. He talks the truth. And that's what I love about Tyson. And that's what you, I love about the biggest names in the world is they walk the talk every single time. And, and that's what Tyson does. So... That's awesome. Well, I've just gone and had a little look at some odds for the BBC Sports Personality of the Year winner um, because yeah, yeah. I'm an absolute shambles and I, this is the sort of thing I, my, my brain goes to. How do we bet on this? And uh, <laughs> it's like it's like they haven't adjusted the odds yet because you've got Emma Raducanu who, yeah, sure, she went to the Met Gala after winning the US Open as a teenager and we all were excited for a wee bit. They got her at 16 to 1. You're getting, eight, you're getting about 80 to 1 around Tyson Fury at some book. And 
Um, I know this stuff is voted and probably fixed, so you could just be throwing money down a trash can. But <laughs> it is it is an interesting concept because you're right, Izzy. He, he with the name like that, the charisma he offers, he is one of a kind. And um, I think we're lucky to watch him, and I think we're lucky to see him go about his work. So double eight, double three. I can't believe you can bet on that. I can't believe you can bet on that, mate. You can bet on anything, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally can. You can. Um, you used to be able to oh. bet on whether Joe would leave mics on in ads, but um, we we t- he stopped doing it. So <laughs> so we, we took that out, of, shut those markets down. Double eight, double three for your Taylor Barry and Tyson Fury. How big is this? That Taylor Barry was there and he's learning from these these people. Put it in perspective for us. You guys have you've watched as many Kiwi athletes and Kiwi sports people and and um, support people work around and throughout the years. So put it in perspective for us. How big is it for you? It is twenty one minutes. Past 7 o'clock, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's 26 minutes past 7. The Kennard Tire phone line is 0800 150 811. We'd love to hear from you. A couple of great texts on Kiwis doing good things around the world. But a story that piqued both your and my interest um, from the weekend, Izzy, is the NBA's not going to randomly test players for marijuana again this season. So this was brought in when they were in the bubble and they haven't reverted back. And the NBA is quite a progressive league, isn't it? It is, it is. It's a big league and, and it's when you when you get a big organisation that's making a stance and uh, making a stand, you know, they've come out and they've said, look, pro, performance enhancing drugs, yes, no, that's a no-no. So they're looking at, at those and they're looking at obviously recreational drugs as well. Do you categorise marijuana and the recreational drug some could argue yes some could argue but i look at it all along the medical terms and the medical science behind uh, marijuana and the plant and the the health benefits behind it uh, um, i don't condone going around and walking up to an nba game with a joint in your, in your mouth and smoking it on the way into the stadium no that's a no-no but then you look on the other side and and a lot of athletes around the world have have uh, are getting a part of the CBD oil. I don't know if you've heard anything about CBD oil, the cannabis oil, and the health benefits behind it. It helps with reduces inflammatory. It helps with sleep, um, anxiety. So it's really got a lot of health benefits behind it. And when you look at the medical cannabis side of it, and having had uh, a mum that was going through things with pain, and uh, the way that it was able to help her get through those um, those struggles, I can only see it as, as a bit more of a positive. I don't see it as a dampener. And, and I know WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, has come out and said that they are potentially trying to get it off the prohibited list in New Zealand. Um, so for me, yeah, it's going to be a touchy subject because I know there's a lot of families and a lot of, it's an industry that's always involved with crime and gangs and gangs are a big part of the marijuana injur- industry. But I think if you look on the scientific side of it, there are so many benefits from um, the, the marijuana plant. <coughs> and like I just spoke about it, I'll, I'll be honest, I take CBD oil. I've got CBD oil here and uh, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a wonderful oil, you know, it just helps with anxiety, sleep, um, keeps me nice and, and just in a chill. I don't uh, get anxious, like I just said, and it, it helps me sleep. When you go to sleep, it, it, it makes you go into a deep, dark sleep and, uh, so I can only see positives from it, to be honest, mate. I don't see it as a drug that we should look down on and look uh, at as a as a as a bad drug. There are so many bad drugs out there at the moment: P, cocaine, ecstasy, speed, whatever. There are so many more, but I can only I see the health benefits and the 
the um, the benefits from scientific point of view from from marijuana and the cannabis cannabis oil CBD oil. So that's my take. Um, what's your take at home? What, what do you feel? What do you feel? Do you do you see a po- what's your take on the like because we had to put it to vote. We had to vote for it last year, and it was a big talking point. And obviously the vote didn't pass, and we didn't get uh, it didn't get passed in in government or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it is a bit of a talking point. But NBA has made a stance. And they're the first big organisation to make that stance. And I can see a lot of organisations around the world following suit. Yeah, Izzy, that's really well said, mate. And just to clarify, so Drug-Free Sport New Zealand has been consistent on their annual submissions to WADA asking for cannabis to be removed from the prohibited list here in New Zealand. Their internal research and external advice suggests that there is no evidence cannabis is performance enhancing and the benefits, therefore, for these NBA players. So when they were in that bubble for anxiety, the things mm. you've spoken about, the benefits definitely outweighed the well the evidence which says it's not performance enhancing and never has been. And the NBA, mm. so they're staying firm on things um, like uh, uh, growth hormones and all that other sort of performance enhancing drugs. So that's really, progr- they're a progressive league, the NBA, and that's really strong stance from them for another year. And I doubt you'll ever see it go back in the NBA. And I, I wonder how many, how long it takes for other leagues to follow. So 0800 150 the Kennard's higher phone line or double eight double three. What's your take? Do you think that um, drug-free sport New Zealand need to push harder and WADA need to wake up and take it off the prohibited list here? Be very curious to get your opinion on this one. Right now, it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Thank you for your time this morning covering a range of topics, including uh, Taylor Barry, who was just on the show after being in Tyson Fury's corner this weekend. Uh, morning, guys. Kiwi John Danaher was one of George St. Pierre's trainers in the MMA. He was arguably the best in the octagon. Leave your name with your text. It's a great point. He was a legend as well. So keen to keep those coming through. Izzy, this morning we have had some great news as Baz's Calcutta Knight Riders are through. They're one win away from meeting Stephen Fleming's Chennai Super Kings in the final of the IPL. And we've dug it out. This is what Stephen Fleming had to say about Baz's Knight Riders when he came on the show before they left. We've got teams like uh, Calcutta that we've now become very dangerous, Baz, don't they? Because with nothing to fear. Pretty sure they'll uh, they'll be going hard, just like uh, their their, their coach. Well, hang on. Flem, you're the oracle, because they have gone hard. They've won six of their eight games, and they're flying. And I reckon the other teams, including the Delhi Capitals, would be getting a little bit worried about the form that Calcutta is bringing in. So awesome to hear. We might have to do like a pre-final, if Baz makes a pre-final panel with the coaches, Flem and Baz, to talk some smack to each other. But head of the final, and is he... For Liam Lawson, well, he got crashed out. He needed a top six finish in the DMT uh, finals, a DTM uh, last race of the season over there in his latest motorsport competition, and he would have won. And he got knocked out. He got crashed into on a corner, and the poor young bloke was spewing, and he was upset, and he had to be consoled. But his future is bright, isn't it? His future is bright, mate. Yeah, he saw what it meant. Uh, if you saw that um, we we video article about that moment it was tough first corner i think it was he got crashed out he only had to come top six and he would have won the competition um mate what an awesome awesome career like you know we spoke to him last 
think it was last week, and just hit talking to him. He's so mature for his age. He's only 19 years of age. He's going to have a ride for Alpha Tauri. And, uh, yeah, you just feel for him. You saw the emotions post it. But, mate, he's got a big future ahead of him. Big, big future. And I loved how the guy that actually won the championship went over and consoled him uh, and wished him all the best. You know, just great sportsmanship as well. So, no, nah, that was awesome for Liam Lawson, mate. Liam Lawson, what a champion. He's got a big, big future ahead of him. And we've got some big texts about this cannabis chat, haven't we, Louis? Yeah, it's great. We've got some... We've got some good texts coming in. Absolutely, Daggy. It shouldn't even be a discussion. Should it, be, it should be decriminalised here in New Zealand. That is from Chase and Woku. Got a great one here from, um, from an unknown texter. If used correctly, it should be okay. And still do, isn't sold on the black market, etc. So send me a text. What is used correctly? How do you use it correctly? What do you, what do you want to see? How should it be used? How should it be used? Send us a text. And then we'll get another one, funny one, actually. Morning, boys. Cannabis is only a performance enhancing if you're Joe Chestnut eating hot dogs. <laughs> yes, take it off the band list. That is from Costa. Oh, Costa. Yes, he would have the munchies, old Joey Chestnut. That's right. That's <laughs> and I've got a menu. I've got a menu. What, from oh, Joey Chestnut? Some hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need hot dogs. I don't need hot dogs. Here we go. Izzy, damn, uh, dinner, lamb and halloumi burgers with beans on the side. Healthy as... So I'm doing an eight-week challenge. So all the meals are portioned, controlled. The below, the below will cover you for two dinners. That is from Mark. Okay, there's a little menu. Keep those coming as well. A wee little recipe for my dinner, and I'll cook the best one. That's a great recipe. Thank you, Mark. Keep them coming in. We <laughs> love that. Um, we love to hear from you and about your recipes, and also the, in a serious, more of a serious conversation for Izzy and me. But cannabis and sport. The NBA has taken it off their mm. banned substance list. They're not going to be testing for it this year, and I just think it's a matter of time before we get there. Drug-free sport New Zealand has already been lobbying WADA for this. So, um, really curious to know what your opinion is. And uh, yeah. I can see, um, I can see why people are for, and I can see why people are against as well, because it's a, it is a big, uh, it is a big talking point amongst the community, and um, you know, with with families and, and things like that. And uh, you know, would you feel uh, would you feel comfortable knowing that there's a couple of dope plants in the back of your back of your um, house? You know, everyone's growing a dope plant in the back of their house. Would you feel comfortable with that? Um, so there's a lot of talking points, you know, that obviously if people know you're growing dope in the back of your plant, it might create a bit of crime. So there is a lot of things uh, around it. So it's how are we going to use it? How will it be used? If it's legalised in sport and it's going to be legalised in the country, how's that system going to be, how's it going to look? How is it yeah. going to look? Because if you just let it all go, the gangs and everything will just run a, run a rut. Yeah. They'll just run a muck. You know what I mean? You're right, Izzy. It's a wider conversation, and it was one we had at the referendum, and I guess that was the massive that was mm. the massive push to legalise it, so you could take it off the black market and into the commercial and into the business world. And whether that would have been enough, well, the vote was narrowly got turned down. Very, very. Yeah. I think it was fifty thousand votes in total or thereabouts. So it's a conversation we're going to keep having. Why not have it now with us? Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's twenty-one minutes away from eight o'clock. Talking netball very shortly as the the Aotearoa men went down again in a nail by the cruise tangera coming up shortly on Baz and Izzy for breakfast 21 minutes from 8 it's 
15 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Trudy's coming up with the news as well. And then next hour, we're talking Farah Palmer Cup and some racing. But right now, it's netball because, well, last night, the Silver Ferns, I'd say unconvincingly, put the Cadbury near Catball, Cadbury, gee whiz, Cadbury netball series to bed, <laughs> is he? They did, they did. But what a performance by the men's side. They pushed the girls right to the end. And, well, the Cadbury Netball Series was decided by the Silver Ferns last night. But it was a real nail-biter. The Ferns just beating the Aotearoa men's side. 59-58 in Game 2. But Dame Nolan Taurua will want the men to bring the same intensity to the final clash tonight. Cruz Tangera would have been on court in Wellington had it not been for COVID. But he's still involved. Commentating the series from Auckland. Morena Cruz. Morena, thanks for having me, guys. No worries, mate. What's it like being on the other side, mate? I think you're doing a great job behind the mic. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's enjoyable. I'm, I, you know, obviously I would love to be down there and playing with the team, but um, at least I can be involved in this capacity and 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 call the game. I I know probably a little bit about the game, so I think I've got the, the um, experience to <laughs> be able to be there behind the mic. Yeah, nice. Mate. Loving, loving the call. Loving the call, man. Hey, let's talk about that. From differences from uh, game one to game two, scoreline was a lot closer in the second game. The boys pushed them right to the end. Only in the last twenty seconds did they get that victory. What was your take from the from that performance from the men's point of view? Yeah, I thought last night they really showed what they can actually do out on court. I think thought there was a lot more connection and intensity uh, from the team. The changes that were made at that first quarter break really helped the team and, and find their flow. It was just, like you said, that the, the last little quarter where they had multiple chances to really get the lead and get a healthy lead at that, but unfortunately gave a few too many turnovers and the Ferns, while well, they really held on to it, showed their, their mental capability and, and just, yeah, forced them into the area right in the last couple of seconds to get the win. Hey, Cruz, how hard would it have been for this uh, men's team to kind of, the co- the cohesive nature of what you need to do to play netball? I think we asked you about this last time, actually. When you get thrown together, you kind of do need to know what's going on on a netball court, right? So how hard would it be with that cohesion and trying to find that rhythm with these teammates that might not have played together before? Yeah, I think definitely it definitely takes uh, time to find connection. And we have to remember that the team only came together uh, last Thursday, so they've only had a couple of days to sort of prep and train uh, together. And saying that, there were about I think six at one time, uh, six players at one time on court from from the Canterbury region. So that connection was already there, and I think that's why the coach uh, David Palamo made those those changes. But I mean, full credit to to the boys; they they definitely left their heart and soul out on the court, and they will, they will want to come up firing again tonight. Mate, it was real physical. It was, it was a real physical affair, especially in the um, the goal shoot era for, for the Silver Ferns, Grace Nowicki, and the defence that was going up against her. You think they did a good job to try and put her off her guard? I know she missed a couple late in the last quarter, uh, gettable ones. You thought defensively the guys did well to, to contain her? Yeah, it was, it was physical. We were sort of having a, a quiet giggle um, in the commentary um, seats last night, just looking at the physicality and how much they were pushing each other. I think uh, Victor Godsmart, yeah. who was the goalkeeper for the men, he definitely did a better job tonight. Oh, sorry, last night on Grace, but she held her own, that's for sure. She was, you know, pulling them ball left, right, and centre. She managed to get that calmness on the shot, and she still had a really high volume um, in her shooting as well. So 
uh, she was solid, and I think that's the kind of performance that she would want to have, especially after that England series where she made her debut and probably didn't play the strongest. So she had a really good game, not only last night, but also um, Monday, uh, Sunday night too. Hey, Jay Geldard, this is an interesting story, Cruz. 44 from 44 last night, which is kind of feels like a bit of a hack. He's a big boy, and he said he got the Beaver SOS. Obviously, our co-host here, um, Stephen Doddle, gets called up last minute. How impressive is 44 from 44? Can you put that in perspective for us? Yeah, and it's no easy feat. I mean, I know people might think that, yeah, he's tall, so it's just a given that he'll get the ball under the hoop and um, obviously score every time. But it, it really isn't a given. It, it takes a lot of, um, I think, more mental toughness than physical toughness to um, have a really high volume percentage and but also maintain it through uh, for 60 minutes. And he did a really good job. I thought he held really strong. He presented nicely to the ball. The uh, uh, connection with Junior Tana at wing attack really worked in favour for the men, and they could just find each other nice and early. Um, and he just really led by example. Him and Dan Jeffries, their connection was a lot tighter last night, and it, and it showed in the score. Yeah, I thought Dan Jeffries, he was dropping some bombs from outside of the circle. So when Gallard was was double teamed, which I think the Silver Ferns came to that with Jury and, and Kruger there, they started double teaming Gallard, Gallard, and then Jeffries was dropping some bombs. So I thought he went outstanding last night as well. Hey, let's talk about the changes needed. So the the, the last night was a lot closer. It was a lot closer. The score line was reflected in that. What do the men's side need to do tonight to just get over that line and get that win? Well, I'll probably start with the team that finished the game last night because I think that was probably the strongest lineup and more probably settled lineup as well against uh, the first. But it really comes down to the top two inches and, and the pass selections that you make and the decisions that you make out on court. Like I said before, they had so many opportunities to get a, a lead and get a healthy lead, and but they threw the ball away. So they need those experienced players um, to really stand up in those crucial moments, reset the, the ball back to the transfer line if they need to, pass 50 passes before getting into the circle edge if they need to, you know, like just really treasure that position and make sure that every uh, game that they do get that they score off it. Cruz, we really appreciate your time this morning, mate. It's been an awesome series, and, and uh, like we said, you stayed at Clear Kirsten. How cool that we get three games in netball in three nights. It's very rare at, yeah. this, at this sort of level, so people can tune back in tonight, and um, it's not going to be a dead rubber by any means. I actually think the men are a chance in that one, and I know that Nolan, Dame Nolan will hate that, so it should be fiery, um, and we're going <laughs> to get another great, some more great netball. Thanks for your time this morning, mate. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. Take care, guys. Yeah, you too, Cruz Tangera. It is eight and a half minutes away from seven, Izzy. That is the latest with the Cadbury Netball Series. And you're right, the physicality. It's quite something to watch. It's actually quite unnatural to watch. And I'll tell you what else is unnatural. Get it, doing a netball interview and getting full credit to the boys as a quote. <laughs> <laughs> full credit to the boys. Now, you're right, mate. Like the, the Silver fans will take a lot from this and a lot of learnings. I think the biggest learning is with uh, around the goal shoot. I think Maturo, when she came on, she changed the game for the Soil Ferns. I think she added a different aspect to the game from getting the, the ball into the circle. Like her movements around that circle area were well outstanding. She was moving around. She was because they started double teaming Grace Nowicki, and so she had to move a certain way to get into the circle. And uh, just watching it, mate, she changed the game. I thought she was outstanding and. Yeah, they'll take a lot from this. They'll take a lot of learnings, and especially after a lost series against the Roses. So 
that's great to see Nipple on the on, on the on the TV airways and free to air TVNZ too. How good? Yeah, love it, Izzy. Hey, uh, we've got some awesome texts here. Double eight, double three. Keep them coming in on cannabis in in sport and even in society. If you've got an educated or we've got an opinion that you want to share with us, we've got Matt from Blenheim and Jim from Tamuka made some very cool and interesting points. We're going to get to those after this. It is seven minutes away from eight on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. <laughs> We're not far away from the news with Trudy. 0800-150-811. That's the Kenatire phone line. I would love you to give us a call. We'll get you on here straight after the news. You want to talk cannabis. We'd be really interested to know your thoughts. Is it just a, a matter of time before more leagues take the suit of what the NBA has done and take it off the prohibited list and stop testing for it? What is your opinion on this? Give us a call. There's some great texts there, Izzy. There is, there is. So one of them from Matt. Surely, it, surely it's an advantage for target shooting small ball rifle. Isn't that all about calmness and relaxing your breathing? Obviously, in small doses, not as much as a benefit if you start snoozing. There's from Matt from Blenheim. Uh, yep. Okay. I hear. I hear. We got Jim from Tamuka. Jim Tamuka having suffered a spinal injury at the age of 19, now in my 50s, and on disability benefit. CBD oil would be something I would take at the cost if the cost was affordable. Rather than heavy painkillers that leave you washed out all the time, the benefits of CBD oil, CBD oil can change lives. Izzy, I'm with you on this 100%. So there you go. We've got two contrasting texts there. So um, we've got one there saying it will benefit sport with being calm, being relaxed. Oh, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. Um, so there's a lot of questions that need to be asked with that. The amount of usage you could take before matches, how you measure that, I'll leave that up to WADA. But I see it from a, a health benefit in, t- in Jim Tamuka's kind of case. Um, having had pain, having things like that that can affect you. I can just see, I look at the health benefits from it and I just know that it's just so good for you. It is so good for you, that plant. And if I look at it from that angle, I, yeah, I'm all for it, mate. But there's a lot of questions that need to be asked. And there's a few people here for, there's a few against. Keep them coming in. We'd love to hear from you. Pedersen has just bombed a three-run home run for Atlanta. They go up 3-0 against the Brewers, I think, at the bottom of the fifth there. That has gone a long way. I'm off to grab myself a McCafe coffee right now. It's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. James Semple from Waikato up after this. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Tuesday the 12th of October. It's just after 8 o'clock. We're on the home run, the home stretch. Baz has won his game this morning over in the UAE, the Calcutta Knight Riders, beating the Royal Challenge Bangalore side. Virat Kohli sent packing back to India. So Baz is still tracking on, hopefully on track to get a all-Kiwi final up against the Chennai Super Kings and Stephen Fleming. And his team, well, they've been the leaders in, in the IPL. They've been to about eight IPL finals. So looking forward to watching that. Hopefully we can get an all-Kiwi f- final. We miss our mate. Hopefully he's back soon. He's got an MIQ spot. And, wow, hope I can see him. Hope we can see him. We miss him here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Well, what a show. We've had uh, all things sport. We spoke to uh, Cruz Tangera out of the Aotearoa men's netball side. He spoke about the game. Spoke about Gallard at goal key, at goal shoots, shooting 45 from 45. It's no easy feat. That was an awesome chat to Cruz Tangera. He's on the he's he's commentating now. He couldn't get out of Auckland there. He wasn't didn't get an exemption, so he's on the other side now. He's behind the mic commentating and giving some great insights into that game. It's on again tonight, 7 30 
tip off against the Silver Ferns. 2-0 so far to the Silver Ferns, but the men's side have pushed them right to the boundary, right to the limits. So that was a great interview with him. We also spoke to Taylor Barry. We spoke to Taylor Barry. He was in the corner for Tyson Fury. Taylor Barry, the son of Kevin Barry, former trainer of Joe Parker. We spoke to Taylor Barry, and, well, he gave some great little insights to what went on in, in Tyson Fury's corner. Especially gave a really good one about what was going through Tyson Fury's mind after he got knocked out in the fourth round. So if you've missed that, make sure you head over to the podcast and download the Baz and Izzy for breakfast on the SENZ app, and you'll get that Taylor Barry interview because it was good. It was great. Very insightful and just told us a bit more about Tyson Fury and what makes him tick, especially in those critical rounds during that match, that fight on Sunday. Coming up, coming up, we've got uh, Richard Litt. Richard Litt is the trainer for Profondo. Profondo, after its third start, won a Group 1 at Ramwick on the weekend, paid $2.70 for the win. Did anyone get on that? Did anyone get on that, baby? $2.70, what a good message. We also spoke about marijuana and sport. Marijuana and sport. The NBA has come out and said they are not testing for marijuana and sport. They've taken it off the prohibited list. We spoke about it on the show. I've said I'm for it. I'm for taking it off the list. I can see and I know the beneficial, the health benefits from the plant that is marijuana. I can only see positives from it. I can only see positives from it more than being a, a negative in the game of sport. Yes, there is a a question on how we use it, how it's going to be used in the public, but for sporting athletes and, and people around the world, Jim from Tamuka, he's dealing with a spinal injury at a young age. Uh, he's talking about it, how it helps him. CBD oil is better than pain relief. So there is a lot of questions that could be asked. Keep those texts coming in on double eight, double three, and we'll answer those for you, and it's creating a great debate. But before then, we've got James Simple on the line, and James Simple... He is the head coach of the Waikato Women's Farah Palmer side. And, wow, we know what happened on, on Saturday. Using adversity of all sorts to empower and inspire them, the Waikato Farah Palmer Cup team went into the Lions Den over the weekend and came away with the titles they so badly craved. COVID restrictions and a week of uncertainty made this one the toughest premiership wins you'll get across any sport anywhere this year. James Semple is the coach of the Waikato men's side. And he'll probably be a like Taylor Berry, a little bit slow today. Good morning, James. The lads, how are you? <laughs> the lads, the lads, we're good, mate. How are you? You, you back from cloud nine yet? <laughs> oh, I'm still having to pinch myself, eh? It still doesn't really feel real, but I think you hit the nail on the head before. I'm a bit slow today, but it's all right. <laughs> mate, let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the week that you had leading up to that. Uh, that final, had to travel from Christchurch, the COVID restrictions, having to get out three different bases, basing yourself out of your home comforts. you think about that and, and what you're able to achieve on Saturday, knowing what you went through? Oh, yeah, mate. It was, like, it was, a, it was a pretty rough week. It was like a rollercoaster of emotions, coming off a massive high off how we played this wellies. And then, um, yeah, sort of coming down because, oh, man, we might not actually get to play. Um, but what we just tried to focus on was just take a day at a time and just control what we could. Because um, if, if we tried to plan too far ahead, um, it, it was all just maybe for nothing. So it was just, yeah, each day take it as it came. And then as soon as we're lucky to go down on Thursday, I reckon to Christchurch, that made all the difference. Because 
then we did have certainty and then obviously we didn't have to travel on the Friday as well, which was a massive bonus for us. So it worked out pretty well for us in the end. Mate, let's talk about that Friday, that Friday night. I heard, I read something, you you had a real good session and as a coach you left it all out on the table and you spoke about some things and the girls were very honest about certain things. How do you think that helped come Saturday? Yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah, we did that at I think it was ten AM Friday. Um, it was one of the one of our leaders came to me and sort of said, Oh, thinking about doing this so I was like I was like, Yeah, keen as I was like, Oh, do you mind if, if I come and like will the girls open up as much if I'm there? And she goes, No, 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 honestly, if you wanna come, come. So yeah, I came but I didn't I didn't say much at all. It was more just the girls talking and yeah, they were more it was more about talking about what the week was like but then they started just talking about their lives and some of the hard things they've been through. And I think, yeah, that just really... I, I saw some of the stats last night on the breakdown, actually. And our post-contact meters were like 410. And I was like, Man. holy! Like, that just sort of showed that they were going out there and dying for each other. And I think that connection piece really just took us that extra bit um, further than... We already, we were already tight, but, yeah, that sort of pushed us over the line, I think. And oh, it was just unreal. Mate, it, like, let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. I love that. I love the honesty, Sean. And you're right. What it would, what that will be able to do to transition that from the, the the hotel rooms out onto the field at showcase. But let's talk about the game, and the start, mate. The start when Kelsey Kelsey Tennessee dropped that ball and then Can- Canterbury scored, straight off the first kickoff. What was going through your mind as a coach, man? <laughs> oh. I've- First of all, I really felt for Kels. Like she's an outstanding player, yeah. and that's real uncharacteristic of her. Um, yeah, she reckons yeah. the sun was in her eyes. But I was like, geez, it wasn't that sunny, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they scored. I was like, ah, I was like, oh no, it's going to be a long day at the office. But sort of just tried to gather myself, and I was just like, just over the comms. I was like, to try to just keep them real calm, just say, fuck, it happened. Back into our job. It's got 79 minutes left. Um, but he said that they were all sort of saying that stuff anyway. Um, and then talking to the girls after, they said, yeah, it was sort of like the week, just take moment to moment, win those moments, try one more moments in them, and, yeah, just be real present, be where our feet are. And the girls said that they felt like that the whole game, which was, I think it's just credit to what our leaders have done to prepare these younger girls for those high-pressure situations, which was, was our main focus probably for the last month, was all mental and, yeah, staying in the moment, believing in our talents. Be where your feet are, mate. Be where your feet are. Sonny Bill and a Baz McCullum. Great quote, that. Great quote, that. Love it, love it, man. Be where your feet are. Um, mate, we've got, who were who your leaders you went to? I know Victoria Edmonds uh, loved her post-match. Loved her post-match chat on the weekend. Um, who were your leaders Who who are your leaders that you went to, man? Um, yeah, so we lost, I think we lost four leaders with the Blackburns. Um yeah, and then China Hohepo was always an out. Or she was our vice captain, so um, she went out to skip, and she was just unreal these um, last mm. last couple of weeks. Such a strong woman, so much mana. Um, and then we had Huya Harding, who she she just came back from having a baby. Um, so that was her first game last week in like two years. But she's the same same sort of things as China, just heaps of mana, heaps of respect. Um, so she was awesome because we knew it was going to take eighty minutes. So 
we knew mm. she couldn't go 80, so we're like, oh, we'll probably bring her on around 50 and she can finish the game strong for us. And then we were lucky enough to get Tanika Willison back from um, the Olympics, and she's played in a lot of high-pressure situations. Never played fullback before, but we just wanted to get her on the field, and, um, yeah, she was really good for us there too. So those three really stand out um, for, yeah, sort of just keeping us in the moment and just leading by example, which was awesome. Nice. And, and for, for, for you, when you're playing a, a side like Canterbury, Playing a side like Canterbury, they've won four pass. They're chasing their fifth. They're building their own little legacy, their own little dynasty. When you're playing a, a team like Canterbury, what, what were the messages from you as a coach going, going into this game and, and then also getting, you know, obviously getting the result in the end? Did they come, come off with the right messages said by you uh, to get the win in the end? Yeah, Canterbury's like, they're, they're class, eh? Like, I think if you focus on them too much, then you don't maybe give your team too much confidence. Um, so mm. we sort of just focused on every week we sort of go on with three things that we want to target the team with and just try and nail those, the three most important things that are going to get us across the line. And for us, versus Canterbury, um, we thought that we could probably dominate them a bit physically with our athletes, um, and especially in the pack. Um, so we really tried to target them in, the, um, yeah, in that second half. I think we stuck to our systems really well there got around the corner, went real direct and um, just tried to beat them up a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, I think that 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 worked for us and our forwards really, really stepped up that, that day and they were unreal for us. So yeah, I think to answer your question, just focus on the three most important things um, and why we want to do them versus that team to, to get the job done. Nice. And what about Chelsea, mate? <clears throat> I know Chelsea was Pretty emotional post that seen on her Instagram, what it meant for her. How's she been the last couple of days, mate? Yeah, no, she was she was awesome, eh? Like, I know it was tough for her and the other Black Ferns, like, because they, they all booked flights to come down too, just to watch or run some waters and stuff. But at, in the end, they couldn't actually get on them because of the level three in that. So I know it hurt them not being able to be there. Um but yeah, as we sort of talked about all season, no matter if you're on the field, you play 80 or you play 10, you're still as much part of the squad um, and all your contributions count. Um, so I think she's that sort of sunk in and she does realise that she's still a massive part of this team and we definitely couldn't have done it without her and the other Black Ferns. So yeah, credit to them as well. Mate, what do you put this resurgence down from? Resurgence from? Like, you know, Auckland have been won a total 15 times, you've got Canterbury that won it four times straight, chasing their fifth. Waikato have been there or thereabouts. What can you put this down to? Like, Is there a lot of uh, like girls in the Waikato area playing rugby, a lot of schools that are, that are coming from strength to strength in the, in the game of rugby? What can you put down the resurgence for Waikato women's side uh, rugby at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, uh, I think this is Obviously, we won it this year, but this has been coming for a number of years, and it's a lot of work done um, from previous coaches, previous teams, previous players, and then obviously taking those learnings from those years. Um, I always sort of said to the girls when I took over last year, we've got the best natural rugby players in the country, and I truly believe that. Mm. Um, but I think some areas that we maybe needed to focus on and which we really did um, over the last two seasons was our leadership our decision-making under pressure and then just our belief, being a bit more 
ruthless and relentless like like Canterbury are mm. um, and I think yeah. we've started to do that now and hopefully we just continue to build on that and start a bit more of our own legacy Well mate, what, what next now mate you've done it, you've done it James Seppel, I know you've got aspirations to, to go far in the coaching game you're going to stick around for a while and keep keep going, building your own little dynasty with Waikato <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got asked already a few times, um, but yeah, I just sort of want to just reflect at the moment on the season and just, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm if I'm the right person to carry on and maybe they need a change up, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this was the goal for, for myself is just do everything I could to uh, help the team for these two seasons and yeah, tr- try and get that championship Um but yeah, I just yeah, I just want to take a little bit of time to reflect and decide if it is right for myself and if it is right for the team to move forward or or whatnot. But yeah, definitely just going to enjoy enjoy the next couple of weeks and reflect on what we did this year. Nice, mate. Well, I, I can actually pitch you in Hawks Bay, mate. I think they're looking for a head coach. <laughs> if, you, if you wouldn't mind drinking a little bit of wine or yeah, a little bit of sunshine, I can pitch you in Chelsea Alley in the mighty Hawks Bay. What do you reckon? Well, I do like a little drop of red, so no, you could put my arm down there. And I heard Oz at Chisholm as well, isn't he? <laughs> he is, mate, he is. They're actually looking for, for players. So if if you think your time's done at the Waikato, more than welcome to go to the Hawks Bay, mate. Is they'll, he still hunting for commission, mate? Still t- trying to take commission. You're not, a, you're not a coach agent. You're not that 10%. <laughs> 10%, mate. I'll, give you, I'll take five, all right? That, that's enough. That's enough. 5%. No, no, no. Hey, Congratulations, James Semple. He's the coach of the Waikato Farah Palmer side as they bet Canterbury on the weekend, 22-20, to win their first title, mate. Congratulations and uh, celebrate. I know you will be and enjoy, and we'll catch up soon, mate. No, thanks. Always appreciate you guys' support. There you go, James Semple. That is our McCafe Coffee catch-up. What a ledge. Yeah, he is. He's a great dude, is he? I don't know him from a bar of soap, but he's just such a such an infectious personality. You'd almost you can see why he's such a relatable coach. You can see why you'd play for him. Eh? He's just got that kind of low key demeanor that all good, good coaches is just a bit of um, bit of banter. It's nothing too serious, but he's good, mate. He's good. He's he's young. He's youthful, so he'll have a connection with all the players. And uh, obviously, he goes. He's with Chelsea, so the respect will be there from. From those players as well, knowing that Chelsea's in the squad and that's, you know, their partner. But the, the thing is, J- James actually played played some good rugby too, so he's got an understanding of what players need and what players want from a coach. So he can bring that kind of aspect to us. Whereas you get coaches, it doesn't devalue them at all that they haven't played the game. But I feel like if you play the game, you can transition into a coaching area. You kind of understand the pressures involved what players want, what players need, and how different players react differently. So I think that's the difference from him as being a former player to, to coaching. So, mate, he's going to be awesome. And I was serious. I was serious. Actually, I was actually serious about the Hawks Bay role. I think for a young guy with a big future and seeing what he's been able to do in the Waikato area, I think it's a no-brainer if he doesn't even just get an assistant or go along and just keep progressing, uh, progressing his career along mm. in the coaching scene. Wow, there you go. That's a pretty big endorsement. And it's 
Yeah. That's a really interesting point about former players coaching. And um, I think I've spoken to Baz about it before, but when he's back, we should definitely have this conversation with him. And and I think that's the trend. I think it is heading that way, especially if you look overseas into other leagues. Um, it's less likely. I know football's one of the sports that's kind of staying solid on it, but especially in the NBA, the, the respect that you kind of have and the ability to connect with the players and understand what they need. It's everything you just said. It is kind of heading that way, Izzy, whereas gone to the, back in the day where sport was less professional and the coaches probably understood the sport more than the players a lot of the time because they were the ones that were fully paid. That was kind of a, a different time and a different era. So that's a really interesting conversation. We'll follow up here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's 21 minutes past 8 o'clock. Paul Mawati, the party from the TAB, is back today. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got on offer for us before the end of the show. Richard Litt as well. And more of you on double eight double three in the Kennard's Tire phone line. 0800 150 811. James Simple, anyone in the Hawks Bay? What do you reckon? Could he do the job? We're here with Chemist <laughs> Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, it's 26 and a half minutes past 8 o'clock. Izzy, that was an awesome catch-up with James Semple, just reflecting that in the break. And you're right, he, he is a guy that deserves the next step, and you hope he goes on and does it because it's, um yeah, a good young dude like that who's clearly got a connection with players. You want to see them achieve, don't you? Yeah, 100%. 100% you want to see them achieve. It. And, and like, I, I know you probably want to stay in the, in the, Canary, uh, the Waikato women's side will want him to stay as well and carry on. Uh, but you've got to keep progressing, progressing. Whether he stays in the women's side of the game, I know that women's uh, teams were hopefully looking to get women's coaches, coaches upskilled and to be able to take over those teams. And so that the women's side could be coached by women's coaches as well. And that'll be the, the that'll be awesome to be able to see that. Um, but yeah, for him, he's he's got an opportunity now to go to the next level. The next level for him is the white NPC side, whether that's in the Waikato NPC side, or he goes to another opportunity. So that's going to be interesting to watch. That I just got a quick text here. Hey, is he just listening to this Waikato coach mentioned he lost three to four players? How many did Canterbury lose? They lost six players. They lost Brooker, Coxie, Jelana Bremner, Philippa Love, Georgia Ponsonby, and Amy Rule. So they lost six players as well. Uh, so quality quality players, those names, especially Kendra Coxedge and Grace Brooker at centre. So, yeah, six players were lost by Canterbury. But that means the Black Ferns are going to be strong this year. They head overseas very shortly, actually. They go up and, and play those matches in France. Right, it's time for a TAB Live update. The party is here. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paul, good morning. Yeah, morning, boys. How are you? We're really good. We're not as good as Baz McCullum, who's doused in champagne right now, just absolutely loving life. Of course he's not. But I've just gone and checked the IPL uh, uh, outright um, market on your website here. you got Chennai Super Kings, $1.83, Stephen Fleming, short price favourite. And then second in the market is the Kolkata Knight Riders after their win today. And they're ahead of the Delhi Capitals. So they've got all the momentum. The bookies are, are framing them up as favourites for the semi-final. All I can think about is, is, I wonder what they were paying when he went over and why didn't we stick a little bit of a, 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 a <laughs> have a little dabble before he left? What what were they paying, Paulie? Surely they would have been long. Well, about 30 bucks, 30, 40 hucks, surely. Uh, they yeah they had a, a fairly poor record before Baz left um, to finish the season uh, over in uh, where is it Dubai um, yep. so uh, you guys keep talking I'll have a search here it takes a while for this machine to warm up so 
<laughs> but I can, I can find out what they were paying, and I'm sure that we would have taken some money um, from from around the Cambridge area uh, <laughs> before the tournament started off. No, well, the second half. Was it no, no, was no, it? no, 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 no. We're not even going there. We're not even going there because I know exactly. I've watched too many scary documentaries about that sort of thing, and we're not even going there. But Izzy and me, we should have definitely had a little fitty or something on the night riders. They're into three dollars thirty, and they've just been playing some serious. Serious cricket. Um, this this weekend, it's a massive weekend of racing as well, Paul, while you look that up. Um, Izzy, we're excited to, well, I guess, make amends in our showdown bet. We're going to have to really, we're going to have to find here, mate. We're going to have to lift. I can yeah. tell you that we they got out we to a high of $34. Oh! Wow. Wow. $34, and we missed that. We missed If they go on and win, oh. oh the I should have listened to Baz. Well, I was going to say, Baz didn't even give us the lead. He didn't even tip No, he did. He, he told me. He told me. He said, mate, we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll be good. But I just didn't. I was, I, all I wanted was my mate back, so I was hoping they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well the t- Selfish the, me. The TAB's hoping he stays over there for a very long time, aren't you, uh, Paul? <laughs> We'd love to have Baz back. I, I just hope he can get into your mic, you. Yeah. yeah, don't we all? What do you don't got? We all. What do you got on today, Paulie? Uh, we've got a bonus back promotion on the NFL game, the final one of this round. The Baltimore Ravens taking on the Indianapolis Colts, and of course we've got our American Sport Mega Multi Buster promotion going on as well. Uh, just place, uh, well, if you place a four or more league American Sport Multi and you miss by one league, you can get a refund up to $50 as a bonus bet. If you take a six or more league American Sport Multi, miss by two leagues, yeah, same thing. And if you take an eight or more league American Sport Multi and miss by three leagues, you get a refund up to $50 as a bonus bet. Head to the TAB website to check out all the T's and C's regarding that promotion. And, of course, today uh, there's plenty of MLB playoff baseball going on. Uh, the Braves currently lead the Milwaukee Brewers uh, three-zip at the top of the seventh. That series is tied 1-1 at the moment. Uh, later on, Boston will be taking on Tampa Bay. They can wrap that series up with a victory today. Uh, and the LA Dodgers, with Max Scherzer on the mound, uh, take on the San Francisco Giants, with Alex Wood starting for them. The Dodgers, very warm favourites at $1.44. Love it, Paul. Appreciate your time. We'll catch up tomorrow, mate. We've got racing at Cambridge. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports marks to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. A couple of texts there to get to on the cannabis discussion we've been having this morning. We'll get to that after the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're 26 minutes away to the end of our show. Richard Litt and Ian Smith before the end of our show. A couple of quick headlines. Well, you remember Jimmy Goffith? Remember that time Jimmy Cowan absolutely smoked him at Eden Park and hit but the biggest late hit for a red card I think you've ever seen? He's 38 and he's still winning games for the London Wasps up in the Premiership in the Northern Hemisphere in England, which is a really tough competition, is he? I'm sure if you were thinking about ending your career going to play, you'd probably be leaning towards Japan, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's pretty brutal up there. They, they go pretty hard, don't they? 
think they're over 40 or 50 games a season. So the, the season's long. Uh, you know, it's it's tough on the body. The body gets a hammering. For someone like him that's 38 and he's still going over there, you got to imagine, you got to remember that's Lima Sapuanga's uh, old team, the London Wasps. And he went over there and he actually, Lima was there marquee signing. He went over there and actually started starting ahead of Lima Sapuanga. So his longevity in the game is unbelievable yep. I can say that because it is unbelievable because <laughs> um, <laughs> you know like for someone that's so old and being able to achieve what he wants and he's still going man he's still going so hopefully we can get him on the show in the next couple of days I started when I first went to the Hurricanes uh, in 2007 or 2008 there I was doing a preseason for Academy he was there starting 10 and that was ages ago <laughs> and he's still going I just can't believe it so he is, and he loves it, and he talks about how much he loves it, and he's coming on the show Thursday morning. We've locked him in because I want to talk. I want to find out how he, where does the longevity come from? I think not even Dan Carter's still playing pro rugby, and that guy's the biggest rugby fiend I know at age thirty-eight. Well, so it's a, you need luck. You need you need a bit of luck. He's he's obviously had no long-term injuries. Uh, you know, like you need things on you to go to go your way, but then. Things don't happen by luck. He's obviously looked after his body. He's recovered well. He's put the right things into his body. He's probably put in CBD oil into his body. You know, that's helping with inflammatories and, and, and recovery. You know, like, it could be endless. So looking forward to talking to him on Thursday and getting an understanding. Because I retired when I was 30, 31, mate. So... Yeah. Want to know what the magic formula is? Yeah, and he's and he's still playing at a high level, and they still love him up there. He's got Malachi Fikitoa and Brad Shields in his team. I'm pretty sure. Uh, double eight, double three. We'd love to see it off the list, but there's no point until it's legal within the public. Goose. Yep. Look, that's a really fair point. And morning, lads. I thought marijuana was on the banned substance list, not because it's perform enhancing, but because it's an illegal substance in many countries. Therefore, one rule for all. Well, that's what WADA. That's that's probably where WADA comes from. And B, it's masking agent for performing enhancers, or has the science changed? If not a masking agent, I'm 100% good with it in sport and society. Leave your name there because that's a really great point with some good information. And drug-free sport New Zealand have all of this to wade through when they make their decisions. But the NBA has is, and they've moved forward. So that's been a great conversation this morning and appreciate your honesty, Izzy, about your, um, well, I guess, genuine thoughts on it. It is... 22 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Richard Litt is a Group 1 winning horse trainer with Profondo. Since the weekend, what an achievement this was. Third star, over 2,000 metres, a Group 1 in the bag for the $1.9 million colt. Yes, you heard that right. We're going to talk to him up after this on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. From never being kissed, and Allegron head of states a long way back, and the French Emperor making ground, but Profondo going through his gears, and it's all go for Profondo and the spring champion, the favourite wins it easily. Oh, did he what? Going through the gears, Profondo. Look, when you is he when a horse is sold for one point nine milli rack, that's million dollars. As a yearling, it's inevitable the career we followed and scrutinised at every turn um, for a colt to win a Group 1 race over 2,000 metres in its third start. Look, if that doesn't silence the critics, nothing will. Richard Litt is a Kiwi trainer who's set up in New South Wales, and he's pulled off a very special effort with Profondo. I know he's a humble man, but the son of Deep Impact won the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes at Randwick in superb fashion. We've got Richard on the line. We've tracked him down. Morning to you, mate. Good morning. 
Hey, thanks so much for your time this morning. Is it? Have you kind of is the buzz worn off, or are you still just a bit thrilled of what went on in the weekend, which is a pretty incredible achievement, Richard? Yeah, look, I think we're, we're all still buzzing, my whole stable, but um, obviously we have to get on with business now and look for the next winner. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of the nature of horse racing. You guys don't get too long to revel in your success, do you? No, not really. Not while we're in lockdown anyway. We can't do much. Hey, mate, Izzy here. Uh, it was quite an achievement on Saturday, only the third start, and you're racing in Group 1, obviously favourite heading into that, mate. What were the emotions like when she bolted clear? What were the emotions like before race? Oh, look, I think um, we, we sort of knew that he was a good chance, but you like to see them do it before you get too excited. And um, I was just <laughs> relieved once he got past that line that he was in front and he had done it. And obviously he's potentially a very good horse. And to do what he did was pretty special. I knew you were going to be understated, potentially a very good horse. He looks like a bit of a freak, let's be honest, Richard. But I'm, I'm curious about the backstory here. How did you how did you come across a $1.9 million yearling? Did you buy it or was it bought and given to you to train? Because I know you've <laughs> had a bit of a history with a, these owners before, haven't you? Yeah, look, Octavia Galetta, who owned him, uh, Castle Vecchio, wanted me to go to the sales and look at this horse. But I didn't really think we'd buy him because he was obviously going to be very expensive and John Massara pushed him quite a lot to buy him, and obviously John being a great judge, Octavio put his hand up, and uh, I actually bought it for him over the phone, and, and yeah, we just gave him plenty of time. He looked like a little staying type of horse, so we didn't rush him early as a two-year-old, and uh, that sort of paid off, I think, in the long run. Mate, when you, when you just spoke about it, the $1.9 million horse, the pressure that's involved with a horse like that as a trainer... Do you feel the pressure? Do you feel the pressure when you've got an absolute, like it's like an athlete of a, or a coach of an unbelievable athlete? Do you feel the pressure? Yeah, absolutely. I think you just want them to be good because at the end of the day, they don't really know their price tag. Obviously, they've got a good pedigree behind them, but then they've got to be able to gallop. And we just put him in our system, forgot about his price tag, and, and just you know went through <laughs> the motions and just waited for him to sort of pop his head up and tell us how how he was going and he sort of didn't really do that until he started trialling he's a bit of a lazy track worker he's very uncomplicated he sort of doesn't you know work the house down or give the riders a real great feel um, even though he's got a wonderful action on that he, he, he's just a really nice horse so it was hard to get carried away with him early but now once we've got over a bit of ground and he's starting to show his real potential, you know, it's hard not to get too excited. That's, isn't that so you're saying you've got to forget the price tag and you you weren't getting carried away with him early. Was there ever any stage where you've gone on? Oh, oh look, I was, uh, look I, to be honest, I wasn't really convinced early, you know, but I knew he needed time. And, um, you know, I think when we buy these expensive horses in Australia and New Zealand, you know, you expect them to jump out of the ground and run early as two-year-old types. And and with this horse's pedigree, you know, we knew that he wasn't going to do that. Um, even though we probably could have given him the opportunity, we didn't. And, um, you know, we just took our time. And, and, I, and that has been a godsend for him. He's been able to mature and everything like that. And, you know, $1.9 million is a lot of money, but you can't be thinking about that when you're training him, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and what next? What next for Profondo? What, what's coming up for, for the great horse? Well, he, he's going to go for a spell now. He has four or five weeks in the paddock. Um, just while the weather's good and it's nice and sunny, he'll, he'll grow and mature, and then we'll bring him back. And I, I would say he'll probably run in the 
the Randwick Guineas, the Rose Hill Guineas, and then the Queen Elizabeth, and um, then we'll see what happens from there. I'd love to take them overseas, but it's another discussion we'll have to have with the owners. But, you know, he's also got to rise to the occasion again next year, and, and um, you know, potentially looks like he will. So it's an exciting time for us. That, so, so explain this to us, Richard. So the reason you could take him overseas, and what that would really add to his stallion um, repertoire if he got a win over there, and is that to do with his pedigree and where he's bred by? Because you do kind of have limitations or, or what is worth it depending on the pedigree of some of these very expensive colts, right? Well, I think, yeah, it's that's a hard one. It's sort of not my department, but, like, he, he's obviously a very valuable colt now, and I'm sure if he won those sorts of races in Australia, he's extremely valuable, like a Queen Elizabeth, those sorts of things. But I think the owners, myself, would love to have the experience overseas. Whether right. they're added value, I don't know. But um, we only live once, so why not have a go? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know what I mean? It's life. So, <laughs> yeah. But we're miles away here. And YOLO profundo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be there rather than watching it on TV. But um, well, that's another discussion I have to have with the owners. But that's something that I'll be really thinking about. I'd love to have a runner at Royal Ascot or something like that, or even a Japan Cup. But those are huge ambitions. And, you know, who knows? Bit different to country uh, Naki, isn't it? Little bit. Little bit. The grass is a lot greener there, though, than over here. But, yeah, you don't get that sort of grass here in Australia. But, no, look, it's, um, it's wonderful that I can be over here competing and, and you know, on a, on a top level and Coming from the Taranaki is a wonderful place, and I miss it a lot, miss my family a lot. Um, but um, it's great to be competing here on the big stage. Oh, well, look, at least we can all be super proud of you, mate. You've, you've gone out, you've had a job to do here, and you've absolutely done it. And Like, from a training effort, congratulations. Third start, 2,000 metres, you've taken the time, you've backed your instincts, and, like, I'm sure all your whanau, they'll all be absolutely stoked with you, mate. So well done, and we'll follow along with this profondo story into the autumn, and we'll have to have you back on the show. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. No worries. Richard yeah, Lit, getting lit with Profondo, YOLO, Royal Ascot or something like that. Imagine it, Izzy. I mean, how good would your life be right now? You're loving it. Lit, YOLO, you've just nailed it. What a name. What a name. YOLO, Profondo. YOLO, Profondo. I like that, Louis. That's very quick-witted from you, mate. You're on fire this morning. Yeah. You're on fire this morning. So I'm going to watch that horse with interest. So he spoke about going the Royal Ascot, Japan Cup. There you go, some big races around the world. How good would that be? Seriously, this horse, Profondo, this colt, like, you don't get colts like this. This is $1.9 million, so everything's stacked up. John Massara, one of the great judges, bidding against you. But then for it to work, an uncomplicated action, doesn't train, it doesn't work the, t- the house down, but third start, 2,000 metres, and a trainer who's given him all the time, owners that believe in the horse and are there for the experience, this is something special brewing, and watch out for futures markets for the Randwick and Rose Hill Guineas and then the Queen Elizabeth next autumn. I mean, we haven't even got through the spring yet, but if you're, you know, if you're a mad punter, just circle those races and um, watch out because this horse could be special, just like our man Ian Smith, the doyen of New Zealand sports broadcasting. He's special. He's coming up very shortly to sleep on it. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast, eight away from nine.